All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final uh, Gateway Miami at the Final Forum panelists. I think we have some, we have a, a Miami resident, but some heavy hitters in the community as well. Uh, we have Chris and Zaptio from Artifact, the founders. Thank you so much, guys, for coming and joining us. Um, let's just kick it off, guys. It's like, you guys don't need an introduction in our community. Um, but um, you guys are coming off an incredible roller coaster. Uh, the Dunks Genesis was, you guys took not only the Web3 community by storm, but you guys took the sneakerhead community by storm. Let's talk about that, Chris. Well, first off, hey everybody, thanks for coming. This is awesome. Glad to be a part of, you know, uh, Gateway Miami again. Last year was phenomenal. So thank you again for having us. We always love, uh, you know, speaking and uh, interacting with the community that come, uh, comes to this event every year, which is really cool. Thank you. So as far as the dunks, this is actually one of our biggest uh, dreams come true, coming to fruition because when we first started Artifact, uh, we always wanted to encapsulate the gaming aesthetic with sneakers. That was like one of the biggest missions we always had. And the thing is, uh, my design for the sneakers are very hard to produce. So that's why, you know, we were fortunate enough to meet Zaptio through Benoit, and he understood the physical manufacturing process. Uh, and so we were like, okay, maybe this is it. This is where we come together and go full force to see how we can produce these things. Um, with the dunk, it took a while, but... Uh, you know, it started with the monolith where everybody got airdropped, like a clone holder got airdropped the uh, the Dunk Genesis. So at the moment, we were like, we got to make these things real because the silhouette really is our dream silhouette. It's such a hot yeah. shoe. Like, yeah. I'm not even a sneakerhead, and I was like, yo. I remember when you guys started forging them. I went and I texted you, right? I was just like, yo, I'm not a sneaker. And I let, I swept the floor that day just because the shoe was just so hot. What what went into that design? Well, let's talk about that process. So we were we just joined Nike. We're like, okay, for sure our first project has to be a sneaker. We came together um, and we decided, you know what? One of the biggest viral videos that we released was uh, it was the video of my hand holding this fake. Actually, no, no, not that one. Sorry, it was the the Air Force on a table, and had a swoosh, and my hand was holding an iPhone with the uh, uh, prototype artifact app, and it showed the world that you can change skins on a physical sneaker. So that was us trying to create these like uh, concepts uh, to you know interact engage with the audience to see if they would accept this this concept and it did it broke the internet uh, especially in sneaker culture um, so we wanted to kind of bring that back with the dunk genesis but through the nft so we had this whole concept of vials where you can put them in and it changes the sneaker digitally um, so we went with that design because, again, it holds. It, it, it's we love Gundam Wing. We love you know anime culture, cyberpunk, those aesthetics. So that first shoe we did, we borrowed a lot of the elements and put it onto the dunk, and that's how the design came to be. And we're huge fans of like the Z, definitely Air Mag, Grays. We love Nintendo, especially retro Nintendo colorways. 
So, and we, we huge, we're all huge suckers for iridescent at the time. Like everything we did, iridescent. But Z can continue with like the design process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like there's never been a sneaker made for gamers. Like gamers love sneakers, but we would try to create the first one. And that's why having these modular components, we developed with Chris a system where people can 3D print their own parts to extend the design that we created because the shoe has two lives it has a virtual life. We have the vials that evolve and you have 24 different colorways. And then on the physical, we wanted to give our creative community an opportunity to take it and add on what they want. And I think what we're really proud of is our previous mechanics were always focused on the Web3 crowd, but you have to own an NFT to forge a physical shoe. Uh, with this one, we had a two-stage approach, which was one, allowing our NFT holders to forge it. And then secondly, we sold it in a Web2 format using Shopify. But all of our shoes have NFC tags in it. So people buy it in a regular way that they understand. And they scan the NFC to redeem the digital collectible. So that way we think we can onboard new people. Because uh, we had a lot of demand. We've had like, I think, over 150 million user-generated views on the dunk. And it's breaking and bringing more people into this space. So that's something we're really passionate about with this drop. So you guys have created, for the lack of a better word, your own world. And every, like, the artifact world has so many different, let's call it nations, right? So how did the dunks, because you guys were found, like, you guys are, this is, like, probably, what, your second cycle, right? Because you guys were, when were you guys founded again? Like, 2017, 18? 19, and 19? then officially 2020 we started. But, like, 19 right. was, like, the... Right, so, like, this is, like, now a new cycle for it. Because you guys were pretty much the first at the forefront of bringing digital fashion to the forefront of blockchain and Web3. So, like, what key elements have you applied to this new process that you guys have implemented right, that you that has stayed true to the core artifact? And what was this, like, a surprise learning through this whole new development and go-to-market? Um, for one, and this is what we knew, and we're going to continue to do this, was uh, we wanted to make sure we fostered a community that we're all creatives um, because we, we envision the future where everybody's creating 3D assets. Uh, we want the 3D artist to be the star, um, because, you know, they were always underrepresented. Um, in doing so, with working with the creatives, we know that the future is going to be all about 3D printing as well. So owning a digital item is probably the most, you know, powerful thing to have when I think in the future everybody's going to have a 3D printer in their kitchen or their office, like an all-in-one inkjet printer. When those started to become a thing, everybody had a printer in their house. Everybody's going to have a printer where you need the 3D file to print your everyday item that you need. Like, you're going to print a fork, eat with it, dissolve it, print your sneakers. Having an artifact, you know, digital item, go out about your day. And it's more sustainable that way. So that's our long-term vision. But right now, it's all about the community, community guys. Go learn 3D, go do this, go study this, support each other. Because this is where we're heading. Yeah, yeah and add to, into that, for the video releasing the dunks, we had that concept that Chris was talking about, someone taking an uh, old Nike dunk, putting it in his printer, and then taking out the artifact one. And everything we've done, we've always known digital will play a huge role. We knew about NFTs very early days. We're all very early in crypto. 
we weren't we didn't found ourselves as an NFT brand. We were always making products with a digital counterpart. And the three product categories we have is like avatars, which are our clone X, the wearables, which are shoes, and then ecosystems, which is like our space pods. So when you look back, we've done so much in a short amount of time, even for us, I think it's shocking, but our vision has always stayed the same. And like, we're trying to redefine digital identity online, but also in the real world and our physical products are great and it brings more people in. And I think that's the issue we have with the NFT space is the technology is confusing for a lot of people and uh, the people inside need to help a way to reduce that friction so more people can enjoy and use them and get away from the like bad branding of the term NFTs that the last bull run, I think, created for everyone in this space. You've tweeted that the word NFT needs to go away. Yeah, we, we don't use like, it like, 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 okay, so what do you guys use internally? Like Digital well, collectibles. Yeah. Actually, the inception of uh, Artifact, we always call them digital items or skins because of the, uh, the, the skin background I came from. And <clears throat> NFTs just came later, but the core was always there. Yeah, because you guys come from the game. You come from the gaming community. You guys come from the gaming culture. So, like, this whole evolution, it's just an evolution. It's the next iteration. It's, like, yeah. almost common sense. It, we're, gonna, we're just going to borrow uh, and get inspired by the gaming community. But to me, the you'll have a digital collectible. And if that digital collectible can have new colors or colorways, to me, those are called skins. I think that's the hierarchy of it. Yeah, yeah call it what it is, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, what it comes down to is execution. And you guys have consistently, since the, the inception and before the inception of Artifact, have successfully executed on all your ideas, right? Like, let's talk about the challenges of navigating this bear market, right? Like, we're coming out of the crypto winter. We're thawing a little bit. We're seeing signs of the bull run. But what were some things that kept you guys focused on delivering value to your community because you guys have one of the strongest if not one of the strongest communities in the in web3 so what helped you and in, in guiding you through the bear market i think we're just passionate about what we do we create products and experiences that we love uh, we love our community as well because they're not looking i think the problem with the nft space that happened is there was a lot of people in it just for financial gains and looking at floor prices uh, with our community, we built creators who are here to make things and we're here to like help support and empower them. So we're just passionate about what we do and we're just like, let's continue to make great products, great experiences, and we hope people love them. And we, I think we proved it with the dunk. It was, I think, the biggest from our history sneaker sale linked to crypto and NFTs. So, And what we've seen with the Air Force Ones that we've just released um, these are going crazy. People love them and people stop and ask people, like, how did you get them? And then they learn about the story of how these sneakers born from a digital item. And I feel like that conversation point's overlooked. And we've seen other projects like Pudgy Penguins focusing on their plushies. And I, I really like that approach. And it brings, uh, we've seen huge onboarding through the Air Forces. And the Dunks was the next level up for us. And it was the first time we got to convey our artifact creative vision that Chris designed because uh, we've been doing it digitally since the beginning. So to team up with Nike and get Nike's expertise to craft a product uh, that's very innovative was, I think, a big dream for us. And we, we just can't wait now for people to get them and see them in the wild. Yeah, because for us, to, pretty much the dunk is our own original silhouette. Yeah. 
It's made from scratch. Uh, a lot of the other sneaker designers, like we we would have been happy if we could just even have our own colorway. I feel like that's every sneaker designer's dream with Nikes to just have a colorway. Like if they could just change the swoosh to a specific color I want. They'd be happy, right? They're I'll like, be oh happy. My God, I but the it, fact it, it, that it. they allowed us to have our own silhouette is insanity. Like it's a huge dream but come true. Why wouldn't they? Like, look at the results. Look at like, <laughs> like that silhouette of that dunk is like. I'm not even a sneakerhead, guys. And I kid you not. That day, I woke up asking Zapdio, "Yo, how do I get on this? And I need it now. Like, I need it now because it's really beautiful and the the results spoke for itself. So, what was that process like to get your own silhouette? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So. Like, we entered Nike coming from our, like, bootstrap way. So when we first joined, I kind of took lead to for figure out how do we make shoes. And you can't make shoes without your own product development team. So we had people there supporting us who built us a killer team of amazing people who have been at Nike for a long time. And when we had that team, we just got straight to work. And looking back at it now, we've released over 40 unique pairs of shoes. We had the space strips. We had the... 10 Air Force Ones, we had the Crypto Kicks, and now the Dunk, and they've all been adding up. And what we've actually brought a huge innovation to Nike is using the pipeline that Chris created using 3D. We were able to shorten the sampling process, which usually can take anywhere over a year to less than six months. And it's huge impact for the future of Nike. And another thing we're super proud of is we have NFC tags and they're the first NFCs that actually can provide authentication. So we've found a way to have a digital item that has its own experience and utility, but you're able to scan the shoe, connect your digital to the physical product, and it adds a whole new layer of provenance and kind of the utilities that we see with NFTs, but with a real-life item. And I think over time, that's going to become the norm with like digital fashion. Speaking of bootstrap, a little history background. This guy here, when we first start Artifact, we first race. Like, it's funny because we're always bootstrapping and experimenting throughout the whole process. We're still experimenting till today. Like, we really genuinely are just always learning. We figuring stuff out. Even with a big system like Lanky, we're experimenting. But when we first started, we actually really didn't know how to produce a physical sneaker at scale. So he's like, okay, let's order all this equipment. We found like yeah, a, a little warehouse. <laughs> we didn't even know how to use any of that. Z and his friends, they sat there before I, I like, I flew into London before COVID hit. I was like, okay, we have all this cool equipment, but we haven't really fully produced a shoe yet. It's just all pure experimentation. And yeah. Dr. Frankenstein here is just, <laughs> I can imagine that. But that's why it's amazing. Is like, uh, you can't speak to anyone in this space and they say that they know what's going on because the innovation is born from in like experimentation and what we've done consistently is we've experimented we've seen what works and we continue doing what works and i think everyone's in that similar boat and i think the spirit of artifact is innovation and that was one of nike's founding ones so i think that match for us made a lot of sense and yeah we've come a long way we've done a lot even i think the first moment it kind of felt real for us when we did the ferocious drop which feels like decades ago. Bro, that was two years ago. I know. Like, so it's like time doesn't move normally here. <laughs> that was amazing drop. Like I have, I have an incredible privilege, guys, of calling these guys friends as well. So this is just like not just a professional setting, but one of the things that I respect and admire about these two individuals is that 
they're the only ones that I know in our community that could literally teleport or space-time travel into the future and come back and deliver it in such a way that the consumption just makes sense, the art aligns, and it creates a frenzy of allowing a community to finally be seen and celebrated. That's what I love about, you guys provide this psychological safety to masses in a way that I haven't seen before. And this is a conversation that we spoke about that's two front. And we've spoken about this, but I think it's a really good topic where you start seeing creators as the new athletes, right? Like that's a that's your quote. I, I can't I can't take that. I can't take that. So Zap deal, we were hanging out, and he's like, "Yo, I just see creators as the new athletes. I see them. I see creators as the next Jordan, the next LeBron, the next Kobe." Let's dive into that. And what are you seeing? Because you guys are the new athletes, right? Like LeBron's rocking your shit. DJ Khaled's rocking your shit. All the sneakerheads are rocking your shit. So what does that feel like to start transitioning the creator from this kind of like this background elusive thing to now front and center? What's that journey been like? Yeah, I think we founded the brand on that concept. Like Chris is a creator. We're all creatives in the company. And we've seen how normally in the industry it's hard for creators to take the limelight. Um, so from all of our collaborations, we've, always position the creators forward and i think our role in all of this is to lay a road and show creators what's possible and kind of help support and educate and that's what we've been really focused on especially with our 3d community is providing resources and helping people pick up new skills um yeah so again and i feel like uh this is this is something that we're very passionate about especially my background in the entertainment industry as a creative, uh, seeing a lot of artists being underrepresented. Cause you know, I, I, I did graphic designing, music videos, like I had this whole, so in 2005 to 08, like in the hip hop industry, rappers pushed out mixtapes. I was the mixtape designer, but I had to focus on trying to brand myself while the labels or all the artists, you know, I, uh, they, I feel like I got taken advantage. Not all artists, but some artists were like, oh, he's just a creator. We'll pay him this. He's passionate. We'll pay him cheap. The invoices, net 45, then whatever. As you, yeah, yeah, as you yeah. grow up and you start to realize that you should have ownership of your own art, that's when I started realizing a lot of the artists around me were in the same boat. We're just passionate. Like, uh, there was this old website. Funny enough, uh, if, if all you guys don't know, Kid 8. But Kid 8 came from the same boat as I did. We were all hovering on this forum called boxden.com. It's where all the mixtape artists were hanging out. We're building websites, MySpace layouts for all like the biggest hip hop rappers. Oh, like, do you guys remember so, GeoCities? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, of God. course. <laughs> yeah, GeoCities. But yeah, like we all realized there was this problem. It just took Web3 to come in to really enforce hey, creators should be as big as the artists because we're creating the visuals because all five senses are equally important. Right. So I like to clap. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> so that's our mission. It's just like I want us to all be equal. I want us to all eat the same part of the pie. Yeah. And the thing is, guys, like these guys are not just saying this in buzzwords. I've seen them elevate people from their community literally and grab them and give them jobs that have changed their lives. I've seen them take people from Discord who have made their work or taken a Clonex and made a video out of it. And then they bring them on and hire them for their team or for an initiative or branding. So, like, these guys are not just 
here talking the talk, they're actually walking the walk as well. And because they have incredible hearts, they, they're incredibly kind people. I've never seen them do anything other than help people in the community. And you guys consistently give back. But one of the things I really want to continue touching on be, before I get too emotional here, because I love these guys, um, you guys really tinker and experiment. You guys are, I, I would consider you guys like the lab of what's possible. Let's talk about AI. You know, we've, we've had some good conversations around AI and like the future of digital fashion. I'm just going to let you drop bars. Yeah. <laughs> we all know AI is the future. And what, what I've been seeing is not enough people are utilizing it. Like a, a daily task, you can automate a lot of things now. And this is just the first evolution of AI that we're experiencing. In the next five years, AI is going to dominate every part of our virtual lives. So for us... The same as NFTs. We see NFTs as just a technology that allows ownership and royalties, uh, whereas AI is a whole new can of worms. And we're right now pushing our creative community to experiment, use AI, and every day I'm generating stuff nonstop just because I don't want to be left behind when it becomes better, stronger, and easier to use. So, so how many pieces of art, AI art, do you create per day? Like, what's what? I generally do at least like 50 generations. I'm just learning how like with AI is everyone can use AI, but to do good with AI is how you communicate with it and it's how you prompt. So I'm just trying to master the art of prompting, which is basically speaking to an AI to get the results you want. And So how, how does one like walk us through that? Like, is it just because ChatGPT just types shit yeah. in and it regurgitates it? Yeah, I do a lot with uh, Midjourney or using Midjourney. So are you like suave talking to her? You're like, hey, Midjourney, <laughs> like, how you feeling today, boo? Like, you're going to... What type of shoes are you gonna give me today? Is that how, how does like the prompts work with it? Kind of an easy way to start is you can go into Chat GPT and be like, I need to create a prompt and describe what you want, and then from there it would give you outputs. And then after doing that for a lot of time, you'll be able to understand like how you need to prompt to direct the AI, and it's honestly just experimentation. Um, to add to this, uh, this is a subject that I've been on for a minute. And I'm, I'm very pro AI, by the way, even though I, my skills, I practice as a traditional mixed media artist, I can paint, draw, all of that. But when you think long-term, a lot of people who are against AI, they're, they're thinking too short-term or they're thinking too long-term in the sense of very science fiction-y Terminator or whatever. Yep. But I see everything has a pro and con, but I'm only, I'm going to list the pros and cons. But the pros is, and what people are not realizing, you know, you're hearing like, oh, it's going to take my job away, blah, 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 blah. But we also have to not think selfishly because you're thinking in the moment of taking the job now. But you're creating a new fast track evolution for mankind, for kids, because now imagine all the people who wanted to create a company where they didn't like they had a great idea but they couldn't because they they read somewhere that you need a hundred people and this person's like i don't know how to manage 100 people ai is going to solve all that so it allows you to have more room and flexibility to create so this is going to propel evolution for everybody on a crazy scale and i don't i know there's people that see that but a lot of the world i think they're scared of it right now but when they realize how powerful it is like especially the generation alpha or whatever generation comes after that they're gonna create some crazy crazy innovations like 
I'm, I'm very excited for what's to come. Um, How are you guys using AI in the artifact process? Right now, it's uh, on the creative side. So, like, we use it for concepting. We don't use any AI work as artifact right now, but we kind of use it to experiment and explore ideas. But I think what Chris says is, like, very valid because we see all of this technology that's coming out, democratizing access for people, especially with digital collectibles. But, like, with AI, in the future, a 13-year-old kid with a great idea can make a Pixar-level movie just by himself without a team of 100 people. So the democratization part, I think, it puts everyone in the same level. And like Chris is one of the most talented creatives I've ever met. But it gives me a chance who I'm not good at drawing, but I'm also creative and I see myself more as a curator. I can create my vision using AI and it kind of gives everyone an equal opportunity. Now here's a con, but there's a solve for the con too. So... And again, I, I don't know what the source for this is, but it makes sense. Someone told me that there's an issue. So we all heard about how a lot of the artists are, you know, complaining like, hey, so a lot of this AI is just pulling away from my art. It's not really original. My stance is even in the industry, um, a lot of illustrators sample. Just like in, in the music production industry. It's for fast timelines. Like if you look at some of the concept art of say the Transformers movie, you can see a piston that was taken from the internet and cut out quickly to create this concept. AI, like with that issue, um, someone told me, and again, I don't get to fact check me on this, but the patent office, they're figuring this out. Like how do we trademark AI? And apparently it's hard. You, It's it's next impossible, but there's a solve. And that's why I think everything's coming together now to, and it's Web3 blockchain. So I think Photoshop or all these illustration tools, design tools, once you save or hit publish, that gets minted right away so that when people start to sample, it's traced. So if that- You know, we built something like that for digital publishers oh, or now wow. media. Yeah. So now like all of our content is tokenized. Yeah. Like, well, 90% of it's going to start being tokenized in January 1st, but right now we have about 10% of it. So you hit publish and it hits on Ethereum. Boom. Now you can authenticate that we're the ones that wrote it, that it's not AI written. And if it's AI written, it automatically creates a badge within the blockchain, inside the metadata that says this was AI supported. And then when they take it, iterate on it. Yeah, they take the it iteration gets, gets a new track. block. That's yeah. going to be super important. Uh, for what's going to go on in the future with AI. So it's, now everybody can monetize easily. I think yeah. it's one of the most important because we're reaching a stage where you don't know what's real or not with the amount of deep fakes there are yeah. and how that's going to continue to improve. No one knows what's real or not. And I think blockchain is the solution for that. So it's cool to see how all these technologies are coming out and people like yourself playing around and evolving it is going to change how the future plays out. And I think that's the best thing about this space is anyone from whatever background can make a huge impact, which was never possible in traditional, I think, businesses and how structured everything was. I think we're coming up on um, a few minutes here, but no matter what technology we have, whether it's digital, whether we have our digital identities, AI, Web3, blockchain, let's throw whatever buzzword it is, that at the end of the day, we love IRL. We love physical shit. What's the alpha 
What's coming in? What do we got going on? Z, guys? show them, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's We've go. got a lot of things, but here we're playing around with a little concept of like a artifact ring. We're doing more shoes. We're doing clothing, and wait, I can the camera zoom on this? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. the detail on this ring is like <laughs> this is a chain link with artifact blades. Do you see that? Wow, connected together, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Yeah, we have we have a homie yeah. in artifact, Tommy. He's Let's freaking go. awesome at this. Yes. This guy right here, yes. yeah, he's crushing it. Like, but this this is awesome. Yep. And um, I think humans yeah. have always collected physical products for thousands of years, and that's never going to go away. And that's why we're trying to do both because there will always be a need for physical products. All right, outside of Web three, let's make you guys human because like these guys are fucking rock stars, but like. <laughs> Outside of like success, being the leader in successfully bringing digital twins into IRL, like I think real world assets, I think like every luxury brand is looking to you as an example for this, right? Like everything from the LVMHs to every single design house, you guys set the standard or the playbook for it. That's got to be a lot of fun. That's got a lot to be a pressure, you know, professionally, you guys are leaders in the community, but like. What's one or let's just for the share, let's bring back the cloak. What's one or two weird things about you that no one in the no one knows yet, but you're like, yo, this is what I do. I'll give you an example. Very few people know that I love building large scale Legos when I'm really in under stressful situations. Like when I'm in highly stressful <laughs> situations, I buy large scale Legos and I just build it step by step. Weird fact about myself. See, you right? go first. I know yeah. you got one you want to share. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of weird hobbies. <laughs> um, I think one that people don't know is I love like ancient history. I'm a big fan of like Egyptians and Egyptian culture. And I feel like you can't understand the future without knowing the past. So I like really love history. And I think another one is I've been really into variegated plants, so like plants with mutations. Very what? <laughs> yeah. Variegated. Okay, what's variegated plants? It's basically where a plant produces a leaf that doesn't have chlorophyll, so it's not green; it's white. It's like uh, an albino plant in exactly. a way. Exactly. Yeah, so I've been cultivating them, playing around, and that's kind of like when I'm stressed, I like to go water my plants and take it easy. <laughs> yep. Very similar. Uh, so the first thing I love is fossils. Like I've always Ooh. been a dinosaur kid, Jurassic Park. So I love fossils. I I get a little hardcore where I'm like, okay, where's this fossil source from? Is it from Morocco? They're not ex they're not excavating it properly because they're not they're just pulling it for profit gain. So I right. try to avoid those kind of fossils. What about fossils from Montana? Uh, you, again, it depends. If right. it's licensed, this the paleontologist has. Yeah, I gotta introduce you to my uncle, bro. Everything. My uncle and you will jam on this. <laughs> I kid you not, like. My uncle Mauricio, man, he is yeah. like a fossil maniac. Oh, Religion yeah. Columbia goes yeah. through the Andes, the river. I'm from Utah. So Utah is known for, for dinosaurs the, yeah, like, as well. I mean, our, our state raptor, our state dinosaur is the Utah raptor, was just the biggest raptor. But I know a lot of the state dinosaurs too. This is how hardcore I get. And then, like Z, uh, I've been having a huge passion for plants too in the future of plants because I feel like that's going to be the next wave. Plant medicine or just plants? Everything. Plant medicine too, man. Always plant medicine. I consider myself a hobbyist. Chris is like, he's taking plants to a whole different level. So, so. like complete botanist. Like, like yeah. shit. All right. Um, before we go, one last, anything, you guys want to say anything, one last statement, what do you guys want to say? Uh, animus, look out for that. 
It's cool. going to be crazy. We're working hard on it. Um, re- reason why it's taking so long is because we got to make sure it's perfected to the T. Um, you know, working with great teams, like especially another Tommy in our side. He's probably in the room right here, so go bug him for some alpha, but he's not going to give you any. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he this, this project has been... In the works, uh, we're working on it alongside Dunks, but it was—it's crazy. It's going to be good. It's going to be very good. So look out for Animus. Yeah. yeah, I'll just echo what Chris said, but I think the point that we learned with what we've been doing is uh, artists set deadlines, and then they rush to achieve a deadline. But you need to remember that you set your own deadline. So like we were saying, we we're going to release Animus this year. It's looking like next year, but you need to take the time to perfect what you're doing because you have one shot to release something. So. That's the closing statement. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, everybody. And this is your Thank closing you. of the Miami Gateway. Oh, Thank, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.